right. Um, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref. We are an hour and 30 minutes away from Brent Venable's press conference. We do it every Tuesday. You can listen to that live right here. Breaking news. It is official. It is confirmed. Aaron Rodgers is done for the season. Torn Achilles. With a torn Achilles. We will wait until, you know, he's supposed to be on with Pat on Tuesdays. But I wonder if he'll be doing anything today. Yeah, this this would probably throw a bit of a wrench in that. <laughs> you would think, right? So, official, official, official. Aaron Rodgers done for the year. Can you can you think? Mm, I, I don't even know how to word this, but a story where an athlete was going to go somewhere and change everything and then got hurt before it ever got started. Wow, you just put it absolutely perfectly. I don't even know. Like I was thinking about gut punch moments, right? If we were to, you know, not how about this on the text line. What's the greatest gut punch moment you've had as a fan of either the NFL or of, of OU or for Golden Hurricane or Cowboy fans or Bama fans or whomever? What's the greatest gut punch moment? Or I guess greatest isn't it? Harshest. Because I can't, Josh, everything, everything led into this for the Jets this year. Every talking head, every NFL show. At some point, it got around to, and, and we had played this saga up for two years, dude. Two years. Maybe longer, right? I'd go back to the MVP season. Is he going to leave? Are they going to trade him? Is he happy there? Is he going to stick around? Four snaps into his new destination, and the MRI confirms officially torn Achilles on the fourth play, and he's done for the year. Zero completions, probably, in his Jets career. Crazy. I can't I can't think of anything even comparable to this, right? I can't. Yeah, I mean, listen, the the first four on the text line. <laughs> the first four on the five say Bradford getting hurt at BYU. You know what? I'll allow that. And let me tell you why I'll allow that. Did we get seasons out of Sam Bradford before twenty what was that, ten? Absolutely, right? But that that 2010 football team if you if you think about what Oklahoma appeared to be in line for 2009 uh well was it 09 when he got hurt sorry sorry yeah. sorry I, I'm sorry I, got, I get a year ahead of myself I keep thinking that 2010 was the year that he got hurt 10 they thought they were going to be pretty good though it, too well, because that was my yeah that was the uh, Landry uh, Jones year yeah but 2008 Right, just quick little revisionist history. You go to the national championship game, and if Demarco Murray is healthy, you probably won a national championship. Mm-hmm. I mean, you almost did it, anyways. But but then in two thousand and nine, you bring back Sam Bradford. You, you know, at the time you you bring back Gresham. You bring back. Uh, Trent Williams, Gerald McCoy, the list goes on and on and on. Dom Frank shutting people down at the corner. It just, as anticipated of a season as you could have. And then Sam Bradford gets hurt in that first game. Unbelievable, right? And you lose And you BYU. lose. And you lose to BYU in one of the first college games in Jerry World. 
And then a season where you kind of thought, he could play for national championship. He ends up, you know, I think what, playing in the Sun Bowl that year. And Ron L. Lewis got hypnotized. Gresham gets hurt early. Gosh, that was bad luck too, right? Um, yeah. Because Grisham got hurt. I'll never forget being at the press conference whenever someone asked about Jermaine Gresham. Like, hey, coach, you think there's a chance Jermaine Gresham could, you know, come back? And Bob goes, yeah, no, he's he's going to the NFL. <laughs> it's like, listen, he's got a chance for a long NFL career. But he got hurt before the season loss I started. Ugh. All right, we'll, we'll get to those off the text line here mm. in just a bit. But, again, conformation, Aaron Rodgers, torn Achilles, MRI confirms the – uh, concern this morning, absolute gut punch. All right, you guys are all over it on the text line. We'll get to it here in a bit. Well, um, let's do a little Ted Roof. Now, I'm going to tell you, when we get to Jeff Levy at the bottom of the hour, you get a lot of your running game questions answered, right? If you could, if you could sift through feeling like you needed some sort of something from Coach Levy on our Bryles. Beyond what you got. Beyond what you got, then you didn't get that. I thought Coach Made his point. It was a great point. I'm glad that he pointed out what we pointed out yesterday because I felt like that there were some of you that took this to, did he have a headset on? So I, I appreciated that. <laughs> you know, he's there with family. But but there's really good stuff from Levy on the run game and, and where they need to get better. So that's coming up here in a bit. Let's hear from Ted Roof. Now, I thought I thought this was the best question asked of Ted Roof, and it was simple. You know, you, you're in a position where you're having some success. But you also, you don't want their heads to get too big. Teddy tells a great story about, I think it was, what, Ted, maybe the 01 or 02 season where you'd basically been told how terrible you are all season long. So you've got to do this to get better, and you're just getting – you getting crushed for it, and all of a sudden on TV, you see him talking about how great you're playing and how good the defense is. It was like, oh, look at that. Look at this. So how do you balance making sure that they understand they're making progress, but then making sure that they got a long way to go? Here's what Ted Roof said to that yesterday. I think you do what you do is you tell them the truth. Uh, you point out the good and what we did good, and you also – point out the bad and, and try and get it fixed and take it off the, the tape. So just tell them the truth. And uh, SMU is a good offense, but there are some plays that we left out there that we got, we got, we got to get better. I think, the, I think the way that it was laid out was, you know, you hear about how great it is, 11 points, but yet you also want to make sure that they know that it's not good enough. Go through. You just be honest with them. So I guess I didn't realize how much trickeration that SMU was trying throughout that game and some of the formations that they brought. I mean, everyone saw the the play where they tried to have the what, the running back squatted behind the quarterback. That's a that's an old Gus Malzahn play. That's an old play period. It's kind of like a fumble ruski almost with a running back. But I guess to me, I didn't realize with some of the things they were doing with their receivers and the formations they had. I didn't realize how unique that was. And uh, Coach Roof, much like Brent Venables was asked after the game, Coach Roof talked about the way that this team went about sniffing out the trick plays on Saturday. Our guys prepared, and uh, 
you know, they did a good job of recognizing things the other night and, uh, you know, playing the responsibility because every, every, every defense has a responsibility and job description. And when sometimes guys try to make plays or there's busts, that's when those things happen. And, uh, but our guys had disciplined eyes for the most part. And again, we got to get better at it. But for the most part, they had disciplined eyes and were able to, to, to do a good job against those type of plays. A couple more on just um, improvement in general. And I feel like that's the question. That's a question on a lot of people's minds. Hey, this is great. This looks awesome. 11 points in two games. One of those is shutout. But how do we know it's, it's better? How do we know long-term it's better? What are you seeing as a coach that tells you this defense is improved? I want to get your thoughts on this, Josh. But listen to Coach Roof's explanation. I've seen guys be a little more disciplined um, as far as how that goes. And, you know, to be able to, to, to fit, to trust in the fit, trust in the defense, you know, because sometimes get caught guys, they, they know their responsibility and their gap, and they get caught in the middle of a play trying to look over a blocker and peek and try and find a ball carrier as opposed to just doing their job and letting the defense work for them. And we've seen uh, a lot more examples of that, and uh, that needs to continue to, to grow and get better. There you go. Yeah, understanding your assignment and uh, not trying to do more than your assignment. Football is a complex game, but it's also at times if you want it to be a simple game, right? I've got this gap. You've got that gap. You've got this responsibility. I've got that responsibility. And I know that it gets much more complex than that if you want it to. But uh, being, being simplistic in what you're doing and understanding what you need to do, and then just going and doing it fast and not thinking about it. I mean, this looks like an instinctual defense right now. They're flying and getting hats on footballs. That is a great observation by you because listen to what Ted Roof said when he was asked about Kip Lewis, right? Kip Lewis understanding his responsibility and not trying to do too much. Yeah, it's hard uh, because they're used to in, in high school, you know, where you can get away with that and you know, where there's they're better athletes, they're better players, and to be able to peek and, and look around or jump around a block at times and get out of their gap and make a play, and they were right. But at this level, you know, you got to do things the, exactly the right way or else they'll get taken advantage of. Mm. See, like you said, maintain your uh, assignments and your responsibilities. Don't go out there and try to do too much. Trust, and they're starting to do that. Yeah. I'm starting to see that. Trust that – it has been designed for you to be successful, but you gotta you gotta follow the script. There's a couple of other philosophical things here I want to hit before we take a break and talk about the players. Uh, our man John Hoover asked about tackling, teaching tackling, and what's improved. I think we've tackled uh, better, but certainly not where we want to be. Um, and, you know, getting back to the strain part of it, when you strain and you have population at the ball and you do miss a tackle, you cover it, you can cover it up. And the finish of plays can erase a lot of mistakes. And, uh, you know, that's one of the reasons why, you know, we, we emphasize that so much and, and, and demand it and our players understand the value of it. So, uh, yeah. Coach's Corner. We get to sneak peek in on the radio side. I, I guess I found it. It drops on ESPN Plus on Wednesday. So it's not really a sneak peek. If you watch it, you know. But from a radio side, we play cuts on Thursday morning from it. And you're going to love what Jay Valai says about tackling. They have a session on Monday. Their Monday practice, Josh, is all lie. 
I mean, it is. And I don't think it's necessarily the – I don't think you've got Danny Stutzman out there hitting Dylan Gabriel. Sure. But it's, it's the rest full of on. It. It's full on, man. And you you got to have that. You just can't get away from tackling folks to the ground and going and hitting each other. Dude, I listen to Jay Vly talk. I can't wait for you guys to hear this episode. Now, I'm sure there's some people that will get triggered because he likes to use the word violent a lot. <laughs> he wants football to be violent. We've got a new – I don't think that will trigger anyone. Okay, good, good. We've got a new uh, – what's a violent it, game. What's it, what's it called when you have a letter that represents a saying like TG – An acronym? They've got an acronym that we're going to start using on this show a lot. It's called SAS. <laughs> I like that. That's All right, cool. I'll let you it, – it, one of them involves strong and the other one involves the S word. That they talk about with their tackling, sass. Um, so when you hear, or when the question is asked, what's improved? Because we asked it too. I found the number from PFF, which was what only like seven missed tackles. Which you'll take that. Oh, always, always. But that's the explanation from Ted Roof. And then where was the other philosophical thing? We did criticism with praise. Improvement, linebacker doing too much. Uh, oh, this is it. It's a great, great question. I apologize that I edited out who asked it. But I think it was Eli Letter. How do you separate fact from fiction right now? In other words, I know this to be true. This is really better. This right here, okay, you got away with that because – they didn't take advantage of your mistake. Or you uh, you know, you weren't playing a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, right? Just whatever. Because if you're going to win a national championship and you're playing in the SEC, you're going to be going up against Walter Camp Award candidates, Benaric Award candidates, you know, all, all, all of it. So how do you separate what's fact from fiction right now? It's a good answer. Look at depth, competitive depth, uh, you know, as far as how that goes. Um yeah, I mean, we're just starting out. We're by no means a, a finished product, and we haven't arrived or any of that stuff. We're just a work in progress that's going to go out and grind every day, and that's the attitude that our staff and our players have. And it's all about, you know, incremental improvement. And, uh, you know, we've got to get better because we left some, some plays out on the field the other night, some situations where, you know, we had opportunities to get off the field and didn't, and uh, we got to, we got to close the door right there. By no means is there a mission accomplished mindset, which there, I don't think there ever would be, but you're not hearing a, we're close, we're going to get there. You're hearing a, yeah, no, 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 this is okay. You guys, numbers look good. We're a long way from where we want or need to be. I love it. And understanding that bending but not breaking versus SMU is a positive step for this team, but I... They, they would like less bending and not breaking. <laughs> Just give me the football right back. I was on the other side of the field for the two-point conversion. What happened there? <laughs> what, what, what happened on that play? I'm still trying to figure it out. It's almost as if – was it Woody? It wasn't Woody, was it? But I mean, literally they never went back for the ball. They're right, But things like that improve and get better. All right, let's get a break and continue. Now, Ted Roof gets into – the, the weeds with Danny Stutzman tells us a little bit about the improvement of Key Lawrence and then more from Jeff Levy after the bottom of the hour. But I do want to hit your text messages yet. 
uh, next because we haven't really done that yet. We're talking about incredible gut punches, especially after the news confirmed this morning. Aaron Rodgers out for the season. Title odds dropped from 18 to 1 to 35 to 1. Conference dropped from 9 to 1 to 18 to 1. And division from plus 275 to plus 440. Ouch. It's a plank show right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, welcome back into the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network. We've got confirmation on the Jeff. Wait. Aaron, Jeff Levy coming up. The Jeff Rogers. The Jeff Rogers story. My gosh. On the Aaron Rodgers injury, it is a... a Torn Achilles. Thank you. And he's out for the year. I was trying to read, and you're right. Every time I look up, there's a new person on my TV with Stephen A. Smith. (laughs) So it throws me off. And then I look, and Robert Griffith III is on both of my TVs right now, and I don't know how to get rid of it. Because as painful as these shows are, I am not watching anything they have on Fox Sports. (laughs) That doesn't include Willie Cologne. But, yeah, I, uh, bad news for Jets fans. So we asked this question, greatest gut punch, right? You think about it. They, I don't even know if you can find something comparable, right? I, good luck. But just four, game, four snaps into an offseason, three years of preparation and anticipation of a moment when Aaron Rodgers goes somewhere else, and four snaps in, he's done for the year? Mm-hmm. Maybe his career? Dude, that is... That is hard to truly compartmentalize, right? Uh, a few of them that popped in off the Kinnipalmeyer Chevrolet Tech. Oh, there's a lot of the Sam Bradford here. Captain Willard writes, Boise State, it's not even close. But again, I, I understand for fans, that was, a, that was a gut punch. But it was also a bowl game in a season where AD had been dinged up. The problem with that is we just have to live it over and over and over because the highlight of it, right? Over and over. I see what you're saying, Captain Willard. Um, not quite as bad, but Bradford BYU, Sam Bradford going down, Gresham before the season, Bradford's BYU injury. <laughs> uh, Gaddis during a great game. Marcus Dupree and Jordy Ball. Again, I would counter that with this. Number one, Jordy Ball gave us two championships. Mm-hmm. Or and, was part of two championships. And, and played the whole year. Yeah. For the most part until the postseason in year one. I mean, this is like from the starting blocks. Mm. Right out of the gate. Now, Marcus Dupree might be a good one, right? Because you kind of got teased on that a little bit. Um, <laughs> gut punch confirmation a la Aaron Rodgers situation. Not to be the buzzkill parade, but another lesson to people who put all their emotional investment into idiots like athletes and celebrities. South Texas Sooner, I feel like that's a personal shot at my infatuation with believing that Jimmy Garoppolo is here to save the Raiders right now. <laughs> um. I had a lot of Boise State games. Camo Sooner says, Red Bomar getting kicked off the team before the season started. Or even Joe Mixon being suspended for the season. Yeah, because remember, Mixon was the first five-star running back you had had in a while. Now, again, that, that's still one of those that just I, – I shake my head, man. A kid that had been 
that when I got to know Joe, it was so good, such a good dude, so nice, and yet, for, to me, to me personally, you see that, you're like, who is that guy, right? Who's that dude? Oh, and oh. remember the conversation about Mixon coming in was, he's so mature for his right. age, he's, and then obviously it's, well, he, he you know, doesn't like to go out and party and do these things, and it's like as soon as he's here, he just showed up. Um. Five eight zero oh, Nate, devastated to hear that Aaron Rodgers tore his ayahuasca tendon. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, uh, there's a lot here. Rodney Anderson. I, I don't oh, know dude. that anything really compares to it. You Nate. know, trying to research here, there's a lot of different sports injuries. Like I've got a list of the top twenty five greatest sports careers ruined by injury, uh-huh. and maybe there's something else. But uh, to have this type of circumstance where you're a high-profile star, mm-hmm. you've won a Super Bowl, you've uh, been a, a franchise standard for the Packers for years and years, and yet it's over, you're traded, you're going somewhere. It'd be like if Tom Brady had gone to Tampa Bay and immediately immediately gotten hurt. Yeah. <laughs> seven one two. No worries playing. Jimmy G never hits the IR before a week five or seven. That's from one two. I'm sorry, for before a week five. That's from seven one two sooner. I shall update your profile seven one two sooner. You are now in. Every time I do that, I think about Steel Man's impersonation of our buddy DG on the radio. <laughs> TF TF number seven one two. All right, uh, let's get back to Ted Roof. I got to put down the text line. Put yeah, it, it's getting put down. It's getting dangerous okay. for you. Couple of others, couple of others here, real quick before we get to Jeff Levy, who gives us some pretty good answers on the running game and things of that nature. And might I also say, one hour from now, Brent Venables. That's right. One hour and exactly thirty seconds Mark. from Mark. We are four days, four hours and twenty six seconds from the Oklahoma Tulsa game. The countdown clock sponsored by Chick Fil A. Your game day tailgate headquarters. Try the new. Honey Pepper Pimento Chicken Sandwich, 12th and Alameda. That's the location, 405-310-3189. There's probably like 14 listeners that understand you and I doing the, the Mark joke. Yeah, that's all that matters to me. All right, individuals, individuals. Uh, you've heard a lot of different coaches on Danny Stutzman. Here's what Ted Roof said about him. Well, I've seen him grow the, grow the most as a leader uh, as far as his role and him embracing that role because, you know, last year at this time he was a guy that – was new to the system, new as a starter, and trying to figure it out, and uh, has put a lot of a lot of effort and a lot of a lot of sweat equity in, and he's starting to see some of the uh, the results of that, and uh, real proud of him. And uh, at the same time, uh, can continue to push him, and he's going to push himself to get better because that's what we got to do. But uh, really proud of him. I heard Ted say something yesterday about where Stutzman is now compared to where he was a year ago. And I think the word, you know, infinite difference was used. He's in a completely different world right now in how he's playing. Are there little mistakes that he makes? Sure. And those will continue to improve. But it's really, when you hear game recognize game, when you hear Teddy talk about a linebacker and doing everything, or for the most part, doing most things right, and an improvement like that, that's pretty exciting. Do you know who I get excited hearing Ted talk about? Kip Lewis. Kip Lewis. I think people are excited watching Kip Lewis play football <laughs> right now. I Peyton Bowen. They put they put a lot on Peyton Bowen's plate, and it seems like he's responding. Here's what Ted Roof said about what he's seen from Peyton Bowen and 
taking in everything. We've learned that football really makes sense to him. Uh, he's very instinctive. Uh, he's got a lot of a lot of pride uh, in his performance, and you know the the moment's not too big for him. Just put me in, coach. Tell me what to do, and I'll do it. You know, he's that he's that guy, and uh, yeah, I know he's got a high ceiling and a, and a really bright future. I like him a lot. Agreed, coach. He looks like a, a good one. I like him a lot. He's got a chance to be on the all. Please, can we have him in the post-game interview setting for radio team? He's good. So, am I gauging a guy by how good of an interview he is? Maybe. But has he backed it up on the field so far in what we've seen? Heck yeah, he has. Absolutely. Right there, covering on the uh, turnover on downs. I like two more from Coach Roof. I love – my favorite thing from football coaches is when they go in the weeds on a play. It's like, okay, take, take me through what's going on here. Some guys don't like to do that. Other guys love to. It's like, treat me like I'm a player and what I'm getting from you on this play. I'm in your film study. Learn me up. What's going on here? And I felt like Coach Roof gave us a little bit of that on the Key Lawrence play. Great job chasing the ball, you know. Uh, because, you know, the championship strain, strain's a big deal. And we've got to play with strain. And uh, that, that that's a, you take that one off the tape and you show it, okay, here's what it looks like, you know, punching at the ball, you know, finishing the play, those types of things. So, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a big play in the game. You know, anytime you get a takeaway, you know, the momentum. But if you looked at it, right, it's, it was contact with the ball, then it was population at the ball. We had guy keep it in bounds and another guy there to, to get on it. So we, we had contact with the ball. We had more population of the ball than they did. So as a result of that, we got to take away. Contact, population. Two words you don't usually find together. But in the case of trying to get a takeaway, it absolutely fits. And the peanut punch, wow. And then finally from Ted Roof, Kevin Wilson's Tulsa offense what do we see uh, a lot of multiplicity uh kevin's a smart coach that knows how to attack defenses uh he sees the game real well and is an excellent play caller and uh throughout my career i've always had a lot of respect for him and the job that he does quick and to the point familiarity definitely a thing all right quick break anything more from ted roof that stood out pretty good and getting uh about a good 30 minutes with coach roof from his presser yesterday in perspective. Yeah, fun hearing what he has to say about Danny Stutzman, who just looks like he's playing the best football of his career. Totally gets what he's doing, understands that he's the quarterback, the leader of this defense, and is flat out going out making plays, man. He's looked good. He's looked really good. All right, quick break to the offense next on The Ref. Did I see that we finally have the confirmation of where – we're originating from on Friday morning. Does it look like we're going to be at Neighborhood Jam in Tulsa? Is that my understanding? <laughs> Pretty exciting. I am staying at my in-laws Thursday night, Josh. Oh, really? Yeah. Is the whole family going down or just you? Not just me. Just me. I'm not fighting them. Uh, no, that's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. He's, he's Cheryl, He looks like he's joking, everyone. Cheryl, it's a joke, okay? I'm just joking. They're always invited. But, yeah, I uh, we got a big day. 
We've got the Washington Fair on Thursday night. So my mother-in-law, my father-in-law are out of town, so I'm going to go on Thursday and stay at their house. And then and then we've got live, it looks like, from Neighborhood Jam in Tulsa. I'll get confirmation on that. So you can have breakfast with Toby, and then you can come hang out and have breakfast with me. But I then, Josh, we're going to an event with the Sooner Club that night as well. Toby and I are, I believe. Wait for confirmation. What, is the Oklahoma State Fair here too? Uh, it's coming up, is it not? I just saw you pulled it up. Or did, did an advertisement punch up up on you? Oh No, you got me thinking. I'm like, well, when is it? Oh, okay. Usually the Tulsa State Fair is right around OU, Texas. Dude, I'm a sucker for a state fair. You want to see this fat boy get happy? <laughs> Put me in a state fair setting. It's not healthy for you and I. People watching. I'm not a big turkey leg guy. But I'll eat a little bit of everything. Fried Oreos? Fry. I'll eat them. I'll eat them. We used to do a show. I, I think maybe Pop, if you're listening, you might remember. Maybe Steve Braun's checked in a couple of times. But I think I think we used to do a show on the Friday from the Tulsa State Fair. And we would get to sample all those foods. Oh, that's cool. It was. Now, the Big Mad Morning Show won because they would be there on the opening night for the beer garden. So they would <laughs> have to pour them out of there. But, no, State Fair is coming, and we'll be in Tulsa on Friday. And then full pregame coverage on Saturday. And we expect the ref army to show up and to show out. Windy Chevy pregame show, hometown experience. Visit them in Purcell, windychevypurcell.com. I've thoroughly enjoyed getting to know the, the Windy Chevy guys. They're awesome. And I would add our pregame coverage with Toby and Teddy starts at 1030 on Saturday. Then Tyler and Travis from Chicken and the Wolf. Right across the street. Um, we add we asked the question at the start of this hour before we get to before we get to Levy. Last night, the Aaron Rodgers unparalleled almost in sports history, Josh, right? Two two not even two series, first series of a you know process that's been three, four years in the making of Aaron Rodgers being somewhere else other than the Green Bay Packers. All the hype of the Jets in the offseason and four snaps and four snaps after in. racing out with the flag to a thunderous roar. We asked for some of your most infamous gut punch moments in sports, and you've been digging. We've both been digging like to find anything comparable to this. Yeah. And there really isn't. No. I mean, it's you couldn't have they always joke about the NFL script writing. You couldn't have scripted this. Well, you wouldn't have scripted this. No. Crimson Chris, Westbrook's knee injury in the playoffs derailing our championship run. Oh, dude, that's a good one. But, again, a little different. You had the whole season. That was a Pat Beverly play, too, wasn't it, whenever Mm -hmm. he came over? Trying to go over to call the timeout. I'm still trying to figure out how Westbrook got hurt on that. It's one of those that's still to this day. Just hit knees the wrong way. Oh, remember whenever people thought Westbrook was great? Those were the days. Now you all can't stand him. Um, he, he was pretty special back then. Oh, my gosh. He was so good. Genghis Venables writes, here's another gut punch. Colt McCoy in the national championship versus Alabama. Well, I mean. I mean, If you're a Texas fan, you, yeah, that's, that's definitely the first one you think of. You consider that a gut punch. Garrett Gilbert, five-star guy. Jason White times two is on here. There's been countless numbers of Sam Bradford versus BYU. 
We've only had a, a few squib kick mentions, just a few. Mm-hmm. Guy writes, 87, Jamel Holloway, late in the season. Charles did a good job in relief, but only Jamel Holloway could have beaten Miami. I think sometimes we forget just how just how good Jamal Holloway was at running the wishbone. K-State, 2003, is that sort of eradicated because he actually went to the championship game even afterwards? But I would almost link that together and say that White wasn't then healthy in the championship game. I think more of that gut punch would have been the national championship game, right? But USC, I mean, that the following two, year? I hate to bring up 2003, but... I mean, I remember doing shows and USA Today writing articles. Is this the greatest team of all time? Is this the greatest college football team ever? Game Day was talking about it every week. I was – that was the first season I ever did sideline for a game 20 years ago. They played Baylor, and Guy Morris was the head coach at Baylor. It wasn't like the best performance, but they won the game. They won the game handily. It was also the greatest sideline interview ever done with Coach Stoops, only to not make the air because my cord got snapped in half. Happy to get on Saturday, too. What, uh, what was great about the interview? He loved me. I think it was the first time that I'd ever done an interview with him on the field. We, we clicked. It was like two best friends. I asked a follow-up, Josh, and he answered. It was great. That, that still friends. is one of the more stunning developments. If you lived that season oh. and the – what 12 and 0 start and then for the big 12 championship game and the national championship game to work out the way they did if you were living it it made sense in the moment yeah this is the greatest team of all time or one of them and then for it to come crashing down was so shocking i i think even i, I think i've i've admitted this a lot whenever i first started in radio i just i didn't get it right i didn't really understand how Solid, committed, diehard, that Oklahoma Sooner fan base truly was. Because you got to remember, I started in 97. And it took seeing the championship in 01 where you're like, dang. And then 02, and then you're like, okay, all right, let's go. We're on this. They were a wagon in 03, man. A wagon. And oh, by the that Baylor game was 35 to zip. But yet some people thought, oh. Is there a uh, is there maybe a little bit of oh wait hold on I'm I'm, I'm wrong season I'm sorry sorry that that 03 season and that Baylor game that they won which was the first game that I did it was uh, yeah 41 to three 41 to three is pay per view game and they went to Texas Tech the next week and won by 31 points well and that yeah. was back uh, when Baylor was just awful they were not good I mean whatever however bad you think Baylor is to start this season. Baylor was Kansas before Kansas was Kansas. Bedlam, Bedlam, man. I'm sorry. I'm reminiscing too much. We got to move. I, I apologize. This is what happens when we think about gut punches. You think about that season. And I'll never forget, I was, I was here for the Oklahoma State game. And I watched from the seventh level, the upper deck, and I was next to John Holcomb. We couldn't talk to each other. It's still, to me, the loudest I ever remember a, a, a kickoff of an Oklahoma game. You couldn't communicate. It was just, what? No, I think, yeah. I think they're really mad. Yeah. Look at Dan. What's Dan Cody? Is Dan Cody going to fight the whole team? <laughs> I mean, literally, it was 
unbelievable. And then that Kansas State game. Let me get let me get to Jeff Levy before. And then Josh in 2005. <laughs> so uh, a lot of questions about the game plan from Saturday. Some felt like it was a little bit too conservative. And one of the plays they point out, Josh Helmer, is a third down and seven running play. Here's what Jeff Levy had to say. Yeah, and mentioned that, I think, right after the game. And then again, the third and seven deal, we're in four down zone. Really liked the run that we were in right there. Got a chance to actually have a, a big one. Um, but definitely should have been at minimum fourth and two where we're going to go for it. And, uh, you know, we don't get it executed. Um, so that, that was something that obviously was incredibly frustrating in the moment. But again, staying aggressive. Uh, making sure that we are spreading the ball around and, and giving our guys a chance. Because I thought Dylan operated really well. He was really clean. Um, and then just with the chunk plays, SMU did a really good job of really running out on us, playing uh, with a deep post safety and discouraging some some shot game. Did, in other words, hey, you know we had a plan going in, especially there, and it just didn't work. And basically at the end he's saying they discouraged us from trying to go over the top. That's what I took from it. Hold on, let me read this. Let me re-listen that real quick. That we are spreading the ball around and, and giving our guys a chance because I thought Dylan operated really well. He was really clean. Um, and then just with the chunk plays, SMU did a really good job of really running out on us, playing uh, with a deep post safety and discouraging some, some shot yeah. game. Hey, there you go. They, deep, deep safety, mm-hmm. taking away the shot. And usually you punish that with underneath routes, Solid running game, and you know, as this game progressed, the Sooners did that. Speaking of the running game, yeah, the, I think the biggest thing is our, our guys got to continue to strain to win one on ones. You know, we we were just hot and cold. Um, I, I think I said it after the game, we were a little too conservative at times. You know, probably should have thrown it around a little bit more um, to give our guys a little bit of air and, and give us a chance to make some plays on the perimeter. Um, but we do. We just got to continue to to win one on ones, get guys in rhythm, uh, really bring along two and and twenty seven this week, uh, while continuing to to let Tawee get production and having Marcus as a as a big part of it. So, I do love the fact that we've got a stable. You know, we got four guys that we trust that we can count on. Uh, but we do want to make more explosive plays in the run game for sure. Do you take from that we see more Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk on Saturday? I think there's a good chance that you do. Yeah. Tommy Walker ran so well, though. What about those running backs real quick? Well, he he had the most production. Hold on. Let me be specific. Tywee Walker separated himself as the number one guy in the running back room. What about those running backs? Well, he he had the most production Saturday. You know, so again, I do like the fact that we got four guys. We got four guys that are incredibly capable. Uh, we've got uh, guys that have a lot of trust with the entire staff and, and I think can play at any given time. So uh, the stress, again, is being able to get 2-27 and 27 going as they've, uh, they've worked themselves back into being in a really good position. 2-27 and 27 saw Chuck and Barnes. There's Jeff Levy. More next. Got a break. It's home of Sooner fans. I think we got time for two more, two more quick ones from Jeff Levy from his presser yesterday. Uh, then we'll have Brent Venables in 30 minutes from now. The offensive line. We had a new guard step in on Saturday. After you looked at the film, what did Jeff Levy think of the O-line play? You know, when you put the tape on, our guys played incredibly hard, and they, they tried to be incredibly physical. We did not play very clean. And we, 
you know, we couldn't get out of our own way at times. And that wasn't just up front. That was really spread out through through the entire unit. Guys, you put the tape on and guys were playing incredibly hard and playing incredibly tough, but we didn't execute cleanly. So Coach V talks about it all, all the time, right? But it's effort with technique. You know, it's playing incredibly hard and incredibly physical, but having great technique and fundamentals inside of what you're doing on every snap. And, and that'll give us a chance to have the success we want to have. So um, all of us got to play cleaner. Uh, I am proud of the way we tried to play. We just did not play very clean. And then one more. I think we got time for this. Dylan Gabriel and Andrell Anthony really seem like they've clicked early. Wow. Yes, it's been really good. And Drell has, uh, he's, for whatever reason, it's just end up, it's ended up finding him at times, you know, and he's, uh, he's made the most of his opportunities. You know, he had to drop the second play of the game. And then after that, what I liked is that he really responded. We come back to him two snaps later and, and throw a slant to him. It's a really competitive play. He makes a nice play. And so was proud of him just to be able to get out of his own way after the drop on the second snap of the game to, to go put together a really nice game. Yeah, great game. Great game for Andrew L. Anthony. There's Jeff Lebby talking all things Oklahoma yesterday during his press conference. All right, we got a break, a quick break, and then we're going to come back and lead you right up to the Brent Venables press conference with the top five stories of the day. That's Josh. I'm Plank. Show never stops on Twitter at Josh on Ref. I'm at Plank Show. And everyone should be following us at KREF Sports. Top five stories of the day next, right here on The Ref.